excited about the word of the Lord for your life for this season? Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 8, when you're there, declare it by saying, I'm in the word. If you're not there, say, give me a moment. Okay, we got to give me a moment. She said, oh, delicately, give me a moment. <laughs> that was a delicate game. Most times, give me a moment. Give me a moment. Um, we're going to be, can y'all pray for us today? Uh, pray for me today. I'm going to be, uh, I'm preaching, and then I'm, I'm going to be right on the road. I'm headed to West Virginia to be with Kevin Leo. I'm going to be on the road. I'm uh, the Lord. Vitamins, Alka-Seltzer, throat coat, because he's going to have me singing and halfway preaching with him and everything. So y'all know how Kevin Lill does. We're going to get him here before the end of this year. But um, he, uh, uh, <laughs> Lord Jesus, so just too much. But um, um, so I'm going to be with him uh, tonight, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning. And um, we're going to be doing, uh, there's going to be sessions on tonight, Sunday night tonight. We'll be there. I'll be there on Sunday night. Monday day session, night session, Tuesday day session, night session, Wednesday day session, afternoon session, morning, afternoon and night, Thursday morning session. And then I'm getting right back on the road to get back here. And so uh, I want everybody to be in your place on Tuesday night, all right? Elder Shaq's going to be bringing the word, and uh, he has a powerful word for us on giving. If you want to know what, it, what financial uh, blessing looks like, that man is a giver, and he understands the blessing of the Lord, and he's going to be ministering to us on Tuesday night. Amen. Be in your place. I got cameras everywhere that you don't even know I got cameras, so I'm going to be watching you as you walk in the service, in the doors. I'm going to be watching and watching you in the service, so uh, God's going to do some great things. How many excited about the word of the Lord for this season? I'm excited about it. Uh, let me let me just thank God for, for Brother Corey. This this brother, he is one of our newest men, and uh, this man of God loves the Word of God, pushes the Word of God, loves his bishop, and pushes the Word of the Lord. And um, uh, I'm excited about his future and what God has for him. And I, I'm excited. Now, this is what I have to say to a lot of y'all: uh, when you when you get the Word, when you first come in, it is like gold, like oh my Lord. But over time, you get you get you you, you get it so much. That, that you don't you don't stay excited about the word of God you hear and you don't honor it. And so I want everyone here to honor the word of the Lord, honor the preaching and teaching that we get here. And um, if you want to grow and you want to see the manifestation of God uh, that comes from the word of God, you will honor it. Amen. So you honor it by, number one, uh, being on time to worship God. Amen. You honor the word of God by staying alert and awake. So that you can receive what God has for you. If you, if and now let me say this: if you, if you start getting sleepy and tired, that that's that's because there's something in that word that God wants you to hear, but the enemy's trying to lull you to sleep. I found that out one time that I was in a service and I was falling asleep and I was I slept like ten minutes. I've never fallen asleep in service, and they was preaching and I just halfway fell asleep. And when I got the CD of the service, all the stuff that I needed for my answers was coming while I was sleeping. And I was like, man, I, if, so now when I get, if I get tired in the service, I'll over amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. People think I'm being funny. I'm waking myself up, telling my spirit, wake up, hear the word, hear the word. I shake myself. I go put some water on my face. I stand up if I have to. But I, the word is that important to me. Is the word that important to anybody else? Same way if it, when, as it pertains to studying the word of God on your own and reading the word and, and, and having your worship time, it seems like when that time comes in your, in your day, even if it's early in the morning, you just woke up after sleep at nine hours, you'll be all tired again. Start reading in two verses and God said, snoring. It's because God is trying to get something to you and the devil knows that what God's trying to get to you, if he can get you to fall asleep, 
to, to, to have your attention somewhere else, he'll block that and you'll miss it for that season. But somebody say, I'm alert. I'm alive. I'm ready to hear the word. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. This is where we were on Tuesday night. We're going to deal with part two of this. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Say power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you. And this is what we're going to deal with today. Everybody say, the power to get wealth. Come on, say it again. The power, the power to get wealth. Now, if you've never been alive in the service, you need to get alive during this season because, because a lot of people need God to give them the power Amen. to get some wealth. Amen, somebody. Amen. Lord Jesus. All right, so um, let's, let's start with this. Uh, and and, and on, on, on Tuesday night, we kind of dealt with the covenant. So if you weren't here on Tuesday night, get that. It's going to bless you. We dealt with the covenant. Everybody say the covenant, the covenant. and the anointing. And so this is part two of that. We're dealing with the power to get wealth or the anointing for wealth. Um, God wants us to be positioned powerfully to walk in prosperity. Everybody say positioned. Positioning is very important because uh, what the enemy realizes is that positioning has more to do with placement. Has to do with, with posture and stance. Positioning has to do with, with where you are when the blessing comes. And God wants to position us to walk powerfully in prosperity. Somebody say, lack is leaving my life. Come on, say it like you believe it. Because some of y'all, I'm, I have to get y'all to start talking by faith. Because a lot of us have been talking and what, the words we've been saying is, I can't afford. I don't have the money for. I don't have enough. I don't know how this is going to happen. And that has become the habit of our speech concerning money. And we've left it up to, up to this osmosis that one day God's going to throw something in my lap. And that's not how this works. There has to be, there has to be somebody say, I have to do things on purpose. Say, so I, I have to speak on purpose. And so a lot, of, a lot of, of, of the positioning that God wants us to do is to position ourselves to be able to receive from him financially. All right. Um, um, when we start talking about that word power, just write down that word for all my note takers. Write down the word power. It's a Hebrew word, koach. It means, listen to this, it means divine power, divine ability, substance. Well, I'm going to give them all to you, and y'all can write down whatever you catch. Wealth or divine strength. It also means to lay a hold of something that is beyond your strength to lay a hold to. So it means uh, the word, when he says, I'm going to give you power to get wealth, it's divine power. So that's power from God. It is, it is divine or godly ability. Um, anybody here have a gift or talent that you know of? I can do, I can cook, I can write, I'm an encourager, I got something on me. Um, you can operate in that thing at a natural level and see natural success. But then there's, there comes a time when if you, if you submit that, that gifting, whatever it may be, it, or, or talent, if you, if you submit that to God, then, it, then God will put divine on your ability. And whereas somebody else is doing the same thing and struggling, somebody else doing the same thing and barely making it, when you submit that to God, then what happens is he puts, he puts divine, he, he, he gives that, that ability a divinity. He gives it a power. All right? Uh, so so, so when, when God says that he's given us the power to get wealth, that means that he gives you strength, divine strength 
to grab a hold of something that in, in and of yourself you can't do. Anybody ever started a business before and looked at all the things that were needed to start that business and in your mind, in your natural carnal mind, you just said, it ain't worth it. Anybody been before? It's like, it's a lot. I'm going to have to go to City Hall. I got to get this. I got to do that. And the list is like a thousand things. And you're saying, but I'm just one person. The issue is that you, in, order to, in order to be successful at that, you have to tap into divine power. The power to get wealth which is available to every believer. Say, I'm a believer. So it applies to me. And what happens is God begins to give you strength and wisdom and he, he, he heightens your ability so that you can be head and shoulders above everybody else that does what you do. So, when, so, so if you say, you know what, uh, I make chicken. And somebody says, well, everybody makes chicken. So no, but you haven't tasted my chicken. Why? Because God put his divinity on my ability. So I have ingredients that Colonel don't even use. And when you taste my chicken, it's not going to taste like your grandma's chicken. Nobody, I'm that confident in this because the recipe didn't come from somebody else. It came from God. Yes. Now, don't claim the recipe came from God and it tastes nasty. God gave me this and then you're lying and it, it tastes like cornstarch. All right. So in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses, who was now, now listen, to this, he's 120 years old. He's instructing the children of Israel after 40 years of wandering around in a wilderness. He's letting them know what God wants to do for them. In the desert, he's telling them this. They have nothing in front of them. But God is telling them, I have a land for you that flows with milk and honey. I'm going to bless you. to, to watch it. I'm going to empower you to take care of your enemies. And then, and then here goes Moses after 40 years of them struggling in the wilderness and before that coming out of slavery, here goes Moses telling them, God is about to make and cut covenant with you. And he does this first of all by reminding you of everything you came out of. The way that God begins to, to mark covenant with us is to take us back. Have you ever been in a season where you just remember stuff? And it was like, oh my God, what's going on? And God will show you. Remember the time where you couldn't pay your bills and the time this over here was a struggle? But look at where you are right now. When those seasons start coming to you, that's the time for you to start celebrating because when God starts dealing with your memory, when he starts dealing with your mind and taking you backwards to show you how far he's brought you from, he's about to cut covenant with you. God's about to say to you, if you will now do this, I'll do this. Most of us, we, we get those thoughts and we're like, whoo, God, you're a good God. And we stop there. At that point, you got to ask God, you are bringing this, because the devil's not bringing back to your memory how many times you struggled and God brought you out. Satan ain't reminding you about how many times God brought you out of, out of every pit and snare. And Satan ain't doing that. He wants you to continue to go in another pit. So if God, is, if God is now reminding you of how many times he has been Jehovah Jireh to you. You ever, you ever, you ever been shopping and, and paid for something that in the past you struggled to get? That's God reminding you that I'm about to do something else for you. All right, now, now, now watch this. Uh, Moses is 120 years old. Children of Israel have been in, in, in wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And Moses is about to die. But he said, before I die, I have to remind you that God is about to make a covenant with you. God's going to give you some commands. And God is going to remind you of everything he has done for you as a basis, as a foundation for where he's going to take you to. Yes. If you don't get a track record with God 
through struggle and through turmoil and all the stuff you've gone through, if you don't know who God is to you, it's going to be very hard for you when God starts taking you up from here to have a basis to understand who he is to you. People who have been faking with their relationship with God, when God starts trying to elevate them, they always fall back down because they have no track record with God. Your track record with God means everything to the covenant he's about to make with you. I just said something. I said your track record with God means everything to you for the covenant that he's, he's now about to step into with you. Say no track record, no promise. You have to have gone through and struggled and seen God's hand just like the children of Israel, they were, they, were, they were slaves. And the Bible said the more they were afflicted, the more they grew. So they started realizing that hard times don't, watch it, don't stop God from doing what he wants to do. Is there anybody here today that realizes I might be in a hard time, but the more the enemy tries to afflict me, tell somebody I'm about to grow. Just take a deep breath and just get ready because the more God, the more the enemy afflicts you is the more you're about to come up. And anytime affliction, now watch this, anytime I hear the Holy Ghost, anytime affliction shows up, get ready for God to expand you. He says, enlarge your borders, enlarge your territory. He says, for I'm about to allow you to break out on the left and break out. Somebody said, that's expansion. That's overflow. It's something you've never seen before. But it takes, watch this, affliction going through the hardest season of your life in order for you to be stretched. Because you can't enlarge your borders and God won't stretch you. Ah, yeah, yeah. Tell somebody, here we grow again. Now watch this. Before growth takes place, anybody here do hair? Where's Tremaine when you need her? Uh, anybody here know about cutting hair? When the hair grows out, this is what I know because I have girls. When the hair grows, this is what happens. Brooke will have her hair in braids and she's all happy taking them braids out of her hair all the way down to her shoulders and then Tremaine will come and say, we can take a Tremaine, Tremaine and say, that's nice, but, but, the, but the growth isn't right. Your hair, the hair here is dead. So I have to cut off the unhealthy hair so that things so that the healthy hair can continue to grow right now here go Brooke why you gonna cut my hair because it was my hair was longer than this right because if you want to see real growth there has to be a cutting back my yeah 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 I feel God I just want to speak in tongues for the whole rest of the day why has God been allowing me to be afflicted by cutting back some stuff cutting back some people cutting back my finances it seemed like uh, three months ago I was on top and making it everything was wonderful for me but why does it seem like now I'm struggling just to pay one bill because he's cutting you back to grow you he's cutting you back so that he can take your finances to where he promised you was going to be at and you can while we look not at the things which are seen so what the enemy says is if God's cutting you back then he's an unjust God if God has you in a season of, of, of trimming back you now had forced or you had a cell phone and you had you know all this God said now 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 get rid of that and and, and do this prepaid phone I don't want to do no prepaid phone who still does prepaid phones in 2019 right that's what you're thinking but instead of thinking like that your mindset is wrong because you don't realize on the other side of the cutback God has a set up I got him under the hoya and a lot of us don't realize this but God has been holding you back you haven't been able to spend like you wanted to because your spending has been the, the thing that has held back the hand of God you were not able to sow because you're spending so much you're not able to give the way you want to because and you miss opportunities for sowing because you spent so God said I'm gonna cut your spending 
so you can grow in sowing. I'll leave you. I'm gonna leave y'all alone. I'm gonna leave. Lord, I gotta get to West Virginia. Hold on to this voice, some. But I, somebody say he feels it. Everything I'm preaching to you is what I've experienced firsthand. With seven children doing ministry, and people always want to think that the preacher's stealing the money. Not so. Okay, how many, how many, we got like 50, 40 people in here, 50 people, if 50 people in here gave $10, how much is that, how much would that be? If 50 people gave $10, how much would that be? $500, right? Can you take care of a family of nine with $500? Honestly, y'all want, y'all, want, y'all want the truth? The groceries for my house is a, a week is around about $600. Seriously, my groceries for my house for a week is like $600 because I have growing teenagers. I have boys. I got me and overseer and $600 a shop. Around about there, four to $600 a shop. That's how much you're paying groceries. Now think about that. If that's weekly and you give giving $5 every Sunday, how am I robbing from you to take care of my family? Do the math. Come on, I'm, come on, let's be real. Do the math, honestly. And, and I, that's being generous to say everybody's giving five because some of y'all giving ones. I'm not saying that to shame you, but what I'm saying is the enemy's job, watch this. Now, this is, this is going to bless you. The enemy's job is that anything that God is in, the enemy wants to distort it. Because if, if it's going to bless you, the enemy wants you to have a, 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 a hard time either with it or he wants you to feel a ways about it. You don't think so? How many of you, how many of you, if we could be honest, how many of you have had a struggle with prayer ever? How many of you had a struggle reading your Bible ever? How many of you have ever had a struggle? <laughs> she said, how many, <laughs> how many of you have ever had a struggle witnessing to somebody? Now watch. Now watch. Are these things godly? Yes. Can, can the, has the enemy used some kind of fight to distort those things in your mind and in your heart? Yes. The same goes with money with church and finances in church. Yes. Outside of this being God's house, it's a building that houses his presence because when we come, we release his presence in here. Yes. But in order for us to do that, we got to have a building to meet at. And in order for us to meet in the building, we got to pay the rent. Which, by the way, every three months goes up $300. Because they wanted 12000 for this place from the beginning. I'm, just, I'm, I'm sharing this with y'all because I'm trying to demystify all of this stuff. The other month, they're stealing my money. What money? <laughs> what money is there to, to steal? See, see I, don't, I was telling somebody yesterday, I don't have to bring anybody in to preach finances to the people of God. Because that's my job. Pastors do that, but apostles don't. My job is to is to cry loud and spend out and to tell you what God says concerning things, whether you like me or not. If you didn't like me before I started preaching, you really ain't gonna like me after I finish preaching. And my job is to preach to you not not based off of me having an attitude with your your unbelief, but my job is to convince you based on the word of God and to kill a spirit that has been plaguing your mind. So that you can participate in the blessings of God and get every somebody shout everything. Everything, everything God has you. All right, so let's let's just, let's 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 just do a little recap from where we were on Tuesday night. We talked about the uh we, we left off at I'm not gonna do no recap because if I do a recap, I'm gonna re-preach Tuesday's thing about the covenant, we never gonna get nowhere. And I got a lot to do. 
So uh, we left off at the place where we talked about this, and I, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just deal with the last scripture we dealt with. We talked about that uh, trying to be wealthy without giving attention to the issue of wisdom or empowerment is like having a car without having gas in it. We can't talk about finances in, in, in any way without talking about empowerment or the power to get it and wisdom. Because most people have not applied wisdom to finances. And because of that, we're in a hole. Can we just say amen? Everybody just say amen because I don't want to single nobody out. They'll be like, he's talking about me. No, I'm talking about everybody. Some, somebody say, struggles and, and frustrations will follow. If you're only after money, but not after God. You're going to have a struggle and you're, there's always going to be frustration involved with finances if you're only after money. I told you last week, never ever go after money. Always go after God. Because you need godly wisdom for finances. All right? Uh, so, so this is where we left off on Tuesday night. We talked about how principles can fail. Everybody say principles fail. So if all you have are principles from some seminar you went to, if all you have are principles even that, that, that I preach to you, principles by themselves do not get you what God has for you. They're an asset. They help us, but the principle is not the power. 1 Corinthians 3, we, we, this is where we left off, and I gave you all a lot of word on Tuesday night. 1 Corinthians 3, verse number 6 and 7. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7. They'll put it up on the screen because I got to move. He, uh, uh, the apostle Paul says, I have planted, Apollos has watered. Everybody say, but God gave the increase. He's, in verse 7 says, so, so then neither is he that planted anything. The person that planted ain't nothing. And the person that watered ain't nothing. But God that giveth the increase, he is the one that is the source. So say this, planting is a principle. Watering what was planted is a principle. Both of those are principles. So planting is like sowing your seed. It's like giving an offering, giving your tithe. Watering is like praying over it. Believing God that that is going to be a turnaround in your finances. But what the apostle Paul says is you can't stop at just planting and watering those are principles and what he's saying is that planting and watering are nothing are, are, are like nothing to the final outcome of minus the power of God say I need the power of God, power of God. watch this uh, principles are not sufficient to produce the ending desired result so think about this where do you see yourself where has God showed you that you're going to be at that's not just some fairy tale in your mind that's not you daydreaming. Amen. God, use your imagination to show you yourself in the house. Right. That's not a vain imagination. He wants you to, he wants you to have it. Right. You, saw, you, you, saw, you, you saw a car and said, oh, I can see myself driving that. That wasn't just all you. Yeah. That was you partnering with God and him dealing with your imagination so you can see yourself in the car. Right. But now what? I'm going to sow, I'm going to believe God. Those are great principles, but somebody say, I need power behind the principle. Right, write down John 3 and 27. Write it down. John 3, 27. Listen to what it says. A man can receive nothing. Everybody say nothing. nothing. A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. You can't get nothing without God. The Apostle Paul explains, go back to 1 Corinthians 3 and 7. Or just, or just, 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 just listen if, if you already wrote it down. The Apostle Paul says that results can only come from God. Say that results, results. can only come from God. And, and this is why he said that. He said because God is the one 
who gives, everybody shout, increase. increase. Say, God gives the increase. Increase in every area of life, including financial increase, is only possible as a result of the input of God. If God doesn't give you input into that business, it ain't going to grow. If God doesn't give even prophetic, see, Lord Jesus, help me. Even, even to have a business, you got you to gotta even be connected to a prophetic voice. Oh, Lord. Because there's some stuff you ain't going to even see. There's going to be some stuff you're not even going to understand. But the prophet, a prophet, a true prophet, can see stuff before the day even comes. And all of us have the ability to tap into the prophetic through our prayer life, and, God, and the Holy Ghost can show us things to come. If you have a business, if you desire start, to start a business, if you, if you just, just want to work more hours or you, you need a new job, you cannot do it based off of your natural mind. You will fail miserably. I'm telling you what I know. A good idea is never, is never always the best idea because it's not a God idea. So, it's, so, so, so this, someone asked me after Tuesday night service, so, so teaching principles, is that bad? I said, no. Practicing principles bad? I said, no. But if any of us are going to increase, say, I want to increase, you're going to need God's input. Yeah. Say, I need God's input. All right, so what does the word increase mean? Oh, this is going to bless y'all. Increase means to cause or make to grow. Everybody say make to grow. That means that even in a stubborn, in a stubborn financial climate, in a, when I say in a stubborn financial climate, God will make business grow for you. Even in a stubborn financial climate, you drive an Uber, God will let you get all the tips. Come on now. Like the Bible says, whatever your hands touch, it has to prosper. That's not because you're smart. I know, I know some of y'all like, your pride is wearing up. That has nothing to do with your ingenuity. When whatever you touch, it prospering has to do with who you're connected to. That's why if you get properly connected to God, then, then you don't have to worry about whatever field you're going to go in. If I'm connected to God and I'm getting this job, this is the best job for me, and they, they say they're going to start me at $12 an hour, but I go there expecting 20 and I operate in the spirit of excellence, and I'm connected to God, God will put down one and put you up just because of who you're connected to. Say, my daddy owns all this. That's what we got to See, we, 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 we always forget that kind of stuff. We want God to bless us, but God says he'll bless the work of your hands. All right. And you ain't got to beg nobody to be blessed. You ain't got to brown nose to be blessed. God will cause you to be in the back of a room and they'll pick you out of everybody and say, I want you to be my assistant. Do you know what you're doing? I ain't never touched a computer keyboard a day in my life. Well, I'll teach you everything you need to know. Have you been to college? You've never been to college. I'll send you to college. And everything you need will come, not because, watch this, you were back there winking and, 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 and button, unbuttoning your blouse. The world has a mindset that it believes. It's like how I taught you about that. that you know, people say, oh, wait a man's heart is through his belly. That's the most foolish thing I've ever heard in my life. The same way that we think in order to prosper, we have to lower our morals and standards of God and his word in order to, in order to prosper. 
Walk up in and tell them, I'll take the, you the best thing we ever had. Good. And I can't work on Sundays. Y'all, Lord, look at that. Look how many amens I got there. You're like, huh, I can't. That's the day I choose to honor God. That's the day I worship my Savior. And Tuesdays too. I need to get off early on Tuesdays. I got, I got to get to Virginia Beach. I got to go home and take a shower. Please do that first. But anyway, got to go home and take a shower. And I got to get, I got to, get to church. See, what, what, what is that called? It's called honoring God. I say honoring God. This is why most people can't get blessed because they honor themselves more than they honor God. All right. Say God's going to increase me. To increase means to cause them. He makes, he makes to grow. It means to enlarge, to expand, or extend. Everybody say stretch. When God starts increasing you, the way you know he's increasing you is he takes your little and blows on your little. And your little that was only designed in your own natural mind to get you from here to Sunday, next Sunday, stretches from here to three Sundays from now. Anybody ever, ever, ever experienced God, God increase you? Anybody ever just had twenty dollars and and God just somehow made that twenty dollars stretch and stretch and stretch until the next payday and you're like I don't even know how that happened. It's not for you to understand it, but you gotta live in it. Because eventually, what God wants you to do is to have five thousand in your bank account and trust Him enough that He will increase you so that the stuff in your pocket is just seed for whatever He wants to do. I'm on the bus stop on purpose. My car is in my driveway because I got a command from God to pray early in the morning. And God said, take the bus because I got somebody I need you to bless. See, can you be that kind of vehicle for what God wants to do? And you just got seed ready to sow. Help me, God. It only happens like that when you, when you expect God to end. Somebody said, Lord, stretch my stuff. Come on, say, Lord, stretch my stuff. Watch this. Increase also means to multiply. It means to boost. It means to bump up. Now watch. God, everybody say, God is the only one that could do this. You're, now let, let me help some of you. Well, I can, I can do this just by working some extra hours. That's not increase. That's just more hours. <laughs> increase is when God takes the hours you worked and the stuff that you, would, you thought you were going to have to pay this, this money out for and he boosts up your money by taking care of the stuff you didn't have. I thought I was going to pay this bill, but I got a notice in the mail that said it was already paid. I don't know how that happened, but I ain't calling them. I don't know how that happened, but I ain't calling nobody. I got the proof. The letter's right here. If it was a typo, I'm going to court because they told me. It was already paid. What is that? That is God boosting you. That is, oh God, that is God bumping up your stuff. So if you get, now, let, now I'm going to make a statement. If you, if you believe that you're getting increased by any other way other than God's, God's doing, it is counterfeit wealth. Everybody say counterfeit wealth. It's counterfeit wealth if you put your reliance on your job and, and don't spend time with your family to work hours and don't come to God's house to work hours because you're going to get more money. They're going to give you time and a half times two and everybody else suffers and God's house suffers and, God, and your relationship with God suffers so that you can make more money. You can, that's counterfeit wealth. 
That's counterfeit wealth because you got a second job because you're going to trust him with the first job and you would not, help me, you would not let go of the things that are above what you need to pay out. Not being a good steward. You don't need cable, you ain't never home. How many understand what I'm saying? In order to be a great steward of what God's given you, you're going to have to look through with wisdom, what you are paying out. And then you have to match that against what you're bringing in. And if after that, you only got $20 left, you got to get rid of something. It may mean that you have to, we, I've done it, my family's done it, you may have to downgrade your living. We don't like that. Look at that. Y'all got real somber. Y'all was up in, yes, a couple of minutes ago. Now, that, Downgrade, God ain't in it. I just told y'all. Sometimes you have to get cut and bring yourself lower. It's a humbling experience. Okay, let's say you, you were in a house and uh, you're leasing a house and the house was 2,800 square feet. And then you go from there and you got to now stay in a house that's 1,500 square feet or 1,000 square feet. It's going to be tight up in that booger. The first reason why it's going to be tight is because you were, you were used to having much more space. Now, let me give you an example. We lived in a house that was um, 6,700 square feet. Right? Well, that's where we lived at. You got seven kids? I don't want to hear you. Go to the other side of the house. But watch this. What we started noticing was that month by month by month by month, it became increasingly clear that this was beyond what we could pay out per month. We need the space, but, but, but the monthly payment, although when we came in, it was good for us, times change. Situations change. Finances change. Come on. And we had to make a decision. At the end of that lease term, we had to pray. We didn't just say, that's what we're going to do, because God may have said, stay here, and I'll, I'll supply the need. But we prayed. God said, downgrade. We went from six, 700 square feet to around about 20, 23, 2400 square feet. And when I tell you, I felt like I was in prison. I walked down the hall. Even the hallway felt smaller. I had a room on both sides, but I just, I felt claustrophobic. Now watch this. You could do one or two things when it's time for you to downgrade. Downgrading, watch this. You want to know, know the truth of why we downgraded? We downgraded because we wanted to have more seed in our hand to give in God's house. Because the only way we're going to go back up is we got to plant something. Lord, more hours ain't going to help because you can get more hours and then, and then have, more, have more things you got to pay out. You ever, you ever thought, oh, I'm all this pay period and then the car break down? Oh, I, got, I did time and a half times eight. All of a sudden, they go to transmission. You're like, wait a minute. That's $1,800 plus labor. That's 23, 24. Jesus. That's, I didn't even get that much in, the, in this pay period. Now I'm behind. Ever happened to anybody? What happened was that God blew on it to show you that your heart was in the wrong place. All right. Let's get back to this principle uh, and, and back this principle up another scripture. Um, say this, God gives increase. Now, okay, go to Psalm 115. Now, he may use a person to help bring the increase to you, but he has to do it. Say, he has to do it. You cannot manipulate people into uh, blessing you 
and then call that the blessing from God. Can't, you can't manipulate people into doing it and then say, look what God did. Look at Psalm 115. The Lord shall what? Increase you. This Psalm uh, 115, I'm sorry, 14. I'm just, I'm ready to go. Psalm 115 and 14. I'm just like, read. And y'all like, huh? Read? <laughs> My old church was like that. I, I went to old church like that. I used to start thinking, does, can the pastor really read? Like, turn to Psalm 115 and 14. Where am I read at? You got a Bible right here, sir. Read. The Lord shall. And he said right after. The Lord shall. Increase thee. Increase thee. More and more. More and more. You. No, I, I, wait. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how you used to go every Sunday. Every Sunday. One day he called me to read. I was like, no, thank you. Get up here and read. I just don't get embarrassed. Because I was going to go ahead of him. Because my spirit was, let's get this thing going. Let's, come on, you take it too slow, sir. <laughs> the Lord shall increase thee more and more, you and your children. You know, start at one word, at the word, first word, and slow down, son. Then I said, the Lord. That's right, the Lord. Shall increase. Shall increase. Like, where the revelation, sir? Come on, you're supposed to be helping me while I help you. Okay, forget it. And the Lord shall increase you, this is Psalm 115, 14. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. All right, write down the word more, or underline it, more. Say more. The Lord shall increase you more and more. It's not just one more, it's two mores. The word more means greater in quality, greater in degree, or greater in amount. Say greater in quality. Degree or amount. So watch this. When it says the Lord shall increase you more and more, God is either going to allow the quality of what you have to come up. I, I love leather furniture. Right now I'm on, I'm on what's the, the fake suede stuff? No, no, the suede, like, you know, huh? Like microfiber. I'm on microfiber right now. But, but if God is going to increase me more and more, then he takes me from microfiber to leather. Because there's more and more. He's going to increase. Say, the Lord increases me. More and more. Now watch. In greater quality, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a shift in quality. Or a degree or amount. How much of it you have. Say, God has to do that. Notice it didn't say your hours shall increase you more and more. You and your children. This is what men do a lot of times. Men, we feel this obligation like if we see that there's a deficit, we hold the deficit to what something we haven't, we haven't done. Because men naturally are providers, or you should be. So if there's a deficit and your wife, and your wife not your girlfriend, your wife is crying, or she's upset, like, come on, these bills, what's going on? There's something in a man who takes that responsibility because he believes you shouldn't have to stress about this. I got, like, one amen from a brother. Like, come on, men, please say amen to me. Y'all quiet, Lord. Okay, Lord. I'll tell you then. Maybe, maybe you ain't got the right person. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. If, if your heart is connected to somebody that you say you love, if your heart is connected to somebody you say you love 
and they sit, and you sense a struggle within them about a season you're in, something in you is going to automatically say, I'm going to do all that I can to take this burden off of you. I have to teach you all about love. Jesus, help me, Lord. Like, ain't no way that I'm going to be eating and you ain't got no food. You sit right next to me. And you go to the store and get your own. You don't love me. You don't love me. You're selfish. I'm, okay, I'm going to leave that alone. There is nothing that I have in my possession. Nothing that I own. Nothing that I have financially all the way down to clothing. That if my wife says to me, I like that. She don't have to ask for it. Y'all quiet here. Naturally within me because of my love for her, it causes me to sacrifice. Even if I went to the store and only bought one because she told me at the beginning she ain't want it. I'm going to get some Chinese food. You want something? What you getting? So uh, shrimp fried rice, egg food young, and just some wings. No, I don't want none. I know my wife by now. This is 20 years in. When she say no, I know what she likes. So I get extra wings, extra pork fried rice, extra egg food young. And she goes, uh, that look nice. Can I have some? I'll be right back. Hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you for the opportunity to provide for my wife. Come back up there like, here, I got one for you. Oh, you're so dreamy. No, because I didn't, we didn't been in situations where I, I went to the store. She said she didn't want one. And then I came home and she ate all mine up. So I said, look, I'm going to be a blessing to you. Now, if she don't want it, it's just more for me later on. Because she might want somebody that. Okay, I believe y'all all. I'm trying to teach y'all. I'm trying to teach y'all how to, how to, how to love folks. I teach you how to love folk. All right. But there's nothing that I have. Now watch this. The thing that makes my wife comfortable in, in our relationship, in our marriage, is that nothing that I have is off limits. Anything that I have, she has access to. I don't go in my house and go on my computer and hide somewhere and she don't know who I'm talking to. I don't, have, I don't have special emails, email addresses that she don't have the passwords to. Well, we're quiet. Come on, we, come on, we, y'all, y'all, y'all was, how that my shanda? Two minutes ago, now you're like, huh? Come on here. Everything, not just my money, but my life is an open book to her because when I said I do, it means I did. You don't say I do and then, and then don't do. It's the same with God. When you come into covenant with God, everything that watches, everything he has available to you is an open book for you. Do you uh, now this, is why, this is why a lot of people can't catch that. That's why you got the, the sexual chocolate hand club. The reason why I got that is because most of us don't understand God's love. Because how we view love is, no matter what I do, just don't correct me, don't say nothing to me, don't, don't, don't blast me, don't, 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 don't deal with my stuff, just keep giving to me. That ain't love. You ever heard of tough love? It's still love, it's just tougher. What does that mean? I love you enough to confront you with truth, even though you think I shouldn't say nothing to you. 
you can't get mad at me because we're in covenant together and my duty in the covenant is to remind you about truth because if you're connected to me and living a lie, it's going to affect me. It affects not just a relationship, it affects my lifestyle because if I'm connected to a liar and a cheater and a manipulator, then what you do falls on me because we're connected. If one of us got it, all of us got it. So that's why in seasons you gotta you have to continue to do friend checks, life checks, emotional checks. Who am I connected to? Because when I start seeing stuff come, I need to ask questions about the people around me. What are you into? What's going on? Why is this happening? Why do I feel anger? Why do I feel alone? Why do I why? Because it ain't me, it's something or somebody who is attached to me because there is a line that goes from you to me until we sever the friendship or the relationship. Same thing with God. If you say you love God, he says, if you love me, the way you stay connected to me and don't sever away is to keep my commands. Keep my covenants. Keep the thing that I, if I said I'm going to do this and you do what, I, what you said you, that, that you're going to do, I'm going to praise your name, then he bless you, you don't praise him. You broke covenant. Yes. Now, when you break covenant, God is not responsible yes. for, for following through with what you ask him to do. Yes. This is what people do. Lord, if you get me out of this, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to sow seed. I'm going to do it. God says, sow this right now. You sow a seed right now. God starts bringing you out. You ain't even all the way out and broke the covenant. Right. You're just, you just out of one bill. You got five more to go. Right. But one bill got you, got you breathing all good. Whew, that was a blessing. Whew. I don't feel like going to church tonight. It's Tuesday. I, you know, I watch it online. God said, but you told me you was going to be faithful to me. Okay. I'm, let me leave y'all. Be careful what you tell God you will do when you're in a bind. Because God will honor what you ask him to do and you come into covenant with him for. So he'll honor it. All right, so watch. So, so he say, say this. He's going to increase me more and more. That means that God is going to boost the boost. He's going to boost the boost. He's going to push you, and then he's going to push you more. Somebody say, I'm coming out of this. All right, uh, write down uh, John 15 and 5. I got, what time is it? 12, 13, okay, I got five minutes. Uh, John 15 and 5, it says, Jesus says this, without me, the latter clause of that verse says, without me, you can do nothing. If God says without me, you can do nothing, then what does that mean? I can't do nothing without him. Nothing. It may seem like you're on a, you're on a, you're on a fast track to get to somewhere, but really you're just marking time in your own mind. Because he said, well, if you don't include me in your financial plans, if you don't, watch this, oh, let me, I just heard the Holy Ghost. If you don't include me in your debt reduction plan, I'm getting out of this debt. I'm going to find somebody to help me clear my credit. Did you pray first? What did God say about this? Okay, Lord, help me. So, so uh, put this up, put the, put the one up about principles. Principles without power will only bring frustration. Operating off principles without having power will only bring frustration to you. So Paul never said that the practicing principles was bad, 
but what he says is going to take God through the manifestation of his power for principles to deliver results. All right, let's see this in action. The disciples were with Jesus for three and a half years. They heard his teachings. They received the principles. Jesus taught them by principle. He taught them by, say he taught them by principle. How did he do that? Through parables. The kingdom of God is like, you see what I'm saying? He taught them about in principles or parables. For three and a half years he did this. So they knew his teachings. They had his teachings in them. They had the principles. But watch this. Jesus said, I'm going back to my father. And if, you, if I leave you only with principles, you might not make it. Right. Oof. If I leave y'all with just the principles of the kingdom, you might not really make it. You might not really do what I called you to do. Watch this. Luke 24 and 49. Luke 24, 49. So he says, watch this. I'm going to send y'all to Jerusalem. Luke 24, 49. He says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be, everybody say, endued with power from on high. Now watch this. This is what he says to them. He says, you're going to need the Holy Ghost to take the principles you've learned of me over the last three years and let the Holy Ghost breathe on the principles so that you can have godly success. I know y'all was going to get too excited about it. You're like, huh? Say it again. He says, I've given you principles for three and a half years. But now go to Jerusalem and wait, tarry. The word tarry doesn't just mean wait. It means to sit with expectancy. Sit with expectancy, he says, because you're going to be endued with power. Write the word endued or underline it, endued. It means to put the clothes of someone on that's greater than you. To change clothes and to put on clothes of a person that's greater than you. So let's just say, um, let's just say uh, a multi-billionaire walked in. Let's say Oprah walked in. You're the same size as Oprah. Oprah says, come here, I got something for you. In my clothes, there's the power to get billions of dollars. I'm going to give you my clothes. Go in the room. I got to exchange the clothes. I'm going to take this off. I want you to wear these clothes. When you put these clothes on, you're going to have the power to get any, all the stuff that I've gotten plus more. Right? So the power would be in what? In this case, the power would be in the clothes, in what, she's, what she gave you to wear. When Jesus tells him you're going to be endued with power, what he's saying is take, you're going to take off natural ability. And the Holy Ghost is going to come, and I want you to put on the Holy Ghost. And in that putting on of that power, you're going to be endued, watch this, or you're going to put on the clothes of one who is greater than you. Watch this. Nothing is going to work, he tells them, until you put the power on. Watch this. So watch this. The word power here means God's strength. Say strength. God's power. Say power. And God's ability. This is what he says to them. He says, when you get the Holy Ghost, you are endued or you put on the, you put on the cloak of God's power, God's strength, and God's ability. I know for some of you look like, what is this man talking about? The ability of God is God's, God's, God's ableness to do anything but fail. And the power to get wealth 
is the power that comes from the Holy Ghost so that wherever you go, there is a boldness within you to do anything. I've never worked with Word or Microsoft. I've never worked on this system. I don't know this management software. But if you show it to me one time, I have a retainer in me. Woo! I have a retainer in me that I rely on more than I retain my, the, the, watch this, the retainer that I've relied on up until now, which is my natural mind. Up until now, my natural mind was good. I had, a, I had the highest G, G, GPA in my class. I, I, I got degrees and my mind is sharp. But guess what? If you don't put the Holy Ghost on that mind, you're going to deal in such a level of carnality that eventually you'll fail with a degree. Somebody say, I need God's power. Oh. Oh, glory to God. Somebody say, I need his power. What you're saying is I need the strength of God, I need the power of God, and I need the ability of God. I, I want to be able to go in places, and before I walk in, God gives me the answer to every problem in this place. I don't, I'm coming in at an entry level, but I can tell you what's happening up there in the computer room. Why? I ain't even been up there, but I got a vision. Hey, I got, oh God, God will show you stuff. He did it with Joseph. Joseph operated under the power of the anointing. He had to, he was able to interpret the dream without even being in Pharaoh's hand because he had the gift within him. And when you get the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift, the gift comes with gifts. My, yeah, yeah. Say the gift comes with gifts. Write this down. The Spirit of God is the source of power. The Spirit of God is the source of power. You will not be empowered to get wealth until you get acquainted with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you what I know. You're going to have to spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to spend time asking the Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me into all truth concerning this issue. I got 50 bills, but I only got $50. What should I do? <sighs> when you don't do that, you operate from a carnal mindset and the enemy always fights your decisions. When you operate from carnality and finances, after you make the decision, I'm going to buy these boots and then I just wait till I get my money. From that moment on, you start second guessing, should I take this back? And it's, it is turmoil in your soul when you don't acknowledge God. Okay, Lord. Say this. Say this. I need the power of God. All right, write down Luke 14. I'm not going to get through this today. Write down Luke 14. Lord, please, Kevin, Lil, don't have me singing tonight and screaming. I, I, oh, Lord. Okay, Luke 14. Listen to what Jesus says. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What do the poor need? They need someone who is anointed to preach the gospel, good news, or truth of God's word to them. We would think poor people need money to come out. Poor people need someone who's anointed to pull them out through the word. Takes an anointing to do that. Oh Lord, okay. He's, well, he, he's he's uh, sent me to heal the brokenhearted. But notice the first thing he said. The first thing is that is I'm anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. Because a lack of wealth always the, the behind that is brokenheartedness. And behind that is being in captivity. And behind that is you're blind and blind in your in your in your spiritual eyes. And behind that. There, there's no liberty and you're bruised. Right. 
So he says, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and to deal with all the underlying issues. I'm anointed to preach to the the poor and not bash them, but deal with the issues that cause them to become poor. Say, say, I'm anointed for this. Some of you that that seem like you don't have no money right now, it seems like things are rough for you, God is just festering an anointing in you. That's all he's doing. You can't be anointed to deal with something until you've walked through it. I'm not propagating being poor and destitute, but what I'm saying is that God will use that season to garner an anointing of wealth in you so when you come out, you can be like Jesus and say, I'm anointed to deal. I don't run from people that don't have no money and I don't have to give them all of my money for them to come out. There's an anointing of wealth that will transfer from me to them because I was once in a position of where you're at and God took me through the maze to get me out and now that I'm out, I have an anointing to pull you out. God ain't just having you go through this for you. You're going through this because after this, there will be a glory that comes on you. And you'll be able to say, I've been anointed to help to pull a family out. I'm anointed to pull a generation out. Somebody shout, I'm anointed for this. The anointing here, the definition of anointing is the power or the ability of the Spirit of God. The power or the ability. I feel the anointing right now. The power or the ability of the Spirit of God. Glory. Hear me. Don't take for granted the fact that in a struggle, you have the Holy Ghost. The last person that that we go after for help is the first person that we need. What should I do? Mama? Bishop? Overseer? Pastor? Uncle Jim? Auntie Susie? Can you help? And the Holy Ghost sitting there saying, why you got me? If you're not going to access my ability to give you power and the ability, watch this, and the ability to give you ability. Watch this. So watch this. When, when man operates in, in ability and capacity of almighty God, it's called the anointing. I have abilities. I have capacity. But I have to, I have to put my ability in God's ability and allow him to stretch my capacity until it becomes his capacity. When that happens, then I, I'm going to be anointed to do what God's called me to do to get out of this debt, to deal with this, this money problem, right? The, the, anoint, the, the anointed man or woman functions in the very frequency and class of God. So watch this. When you, when you start asking Holy Spirit, what should I do? How should I handle this? What, how do I get out of this? What do I do? And wait on him, tarry, sit and be still until he gives you a word, then what happens is, you, when he tells you what to do, you're operating as if God would have done this. So how, how, would, God, how, would, how, would, how would God have brought me out of this? So you start asking the Holy Spirit, how do I come out of this? What do I do? What's the first step that I take? And you got to wait. That means you got to be patient. If you're, able, if you're unable to be patient, you're never going to be led by God. 
if you can't be patient, God will never lead you. Because the first time you ask him, he ain't going to say nothing. Amen. Maybe the second time you pray, he ain't going to say nothing. Because what God wants to know is, are you trying to access my spirit just to come out of debt? Or are you trying to access my spirit because this, is a, this has been available to you and it's available to you through the relationship package? So, so, so here goes the big truth. Do I only want this because I, I want things to get better or do I want this because I want to be a kingdom citizen without debt? Ooh. Tell somebody you got to be anointed. All right, all right. How, how, do you, how do you activate this? And we're going to close with this. How do you activate this? How do you activate this anointing? Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. I don't have time for y'all to get there. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Heart, there's not the thing that beats, but it's your what? Mind and will. Trust in the Lord. It should say, uh, and another version says like this, in the Hebrew Bible, it says, trust in the Lord with all your soul. Trust in the Lord with all your soul and, and, and lean not to your own understanding. You know what that word understanding in Hebrew means? Carnal mindset. Don't lean on the carnal way that you used to handle stuff like this. Stop shutting down when it looks like you don't have enough money to pay your bills. Stop holding back from God when it looks like you don't have enough to pay your bills. Stop complaining when you don't have enough to pay your bills. Stop being a brat when you can't buy what you can't buy at the season. Let me teach you, let me teach you, let, let me teach you two words, or three words that's going to bless your life to keep you from cursing your money and yourself. Say, I'll, I'll be, be back. Stop saying what you can't afford. The moment you tell people and even God what you can't afford is the moment that the blessings of God shut down to you because you have cursed yourself. The Bible said you are snared by the words of your own mouth. When I go places and I, and I see something and it says, I, I went one time and looked look at a pair of shoes, dress shoes, and them bad boys are like $850. I said, I'll be back. Serious. Went to a place and they said, Oh, uh, to Lisa's house a month is gonna be thirty-four hundred dollars. I'll be back. Back, I'll be back. If I say I I can't afford it, watch this. I'm not speaking only for me. I'm not only speaking for me, because I'm this is just the housing for the Holy Ghost and the presence of God that dwells in me. So what I'm saying is God can't afford this. And if I say God can't afford this, then what I'm telling God is I don't trust you to be able to do it. Which is doubt and unbelief. Which leads me to walking away from stuff, watch this, that I might not have even needed money for. Let me help you. Sometimes God wants to show you that you don't need money. You just need favor. Oh Lord, help me here. You say, say, I don't always need money. Most times what you need is for God to touch somebody's heart to bring a price down. Somebody to say, you can stay here for six months for free. Okay, okay, let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you what happened to us. We were going for this house, and we wanted this house, and we were going through this process, and we was getting this house, and I believe this was a house for us, and we're getting this house. And God, God knew it wasn't the house. It was a house. Went through the, went through the loan offices, and we did this stuff. They gave us, the, the people who own the house gave us temporary uh, 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 possession or early possession of the house, in good faith that the deal was going to close. We stayed up in there. How long we stay up in there? 
like almost a year, and the deal never closed. We lived without a mortgage payment in a house that we believed we wanted, and what God had to do was get us up in there. We signed the papers with the owners. I'm telling you what God will do for you. You think you need money, and all you really need is for God to blow on the situation. You think you need, come on, because this, this is why we're in trouble. We're in trouble because we, we equate everything that we're going to possess with money. There's some stuff that God don't want you to have money to get into. Because your money can't buy you what God has for you. Oh, yeah. We, they were going through something. Their household was going through something. And they had to move out right now. And they said, well, since we're doing the deal, and the people said the money's available, everything's ready, and they're going to close on the deal in 15, 20 days, 30 days, whatever. They said, we're going to let y'all come in here, move your stuff in. We moved up in the house, living in the house, ain't paying nothing but electric and cable. I'm telling y'all, we, we lived in there for close to eight and a half months and didn't pay a dime to live there. And then at the end, we started seeing some stuff wrong in the house. And I said, this ain't it. So God, I told my wife, I said, start packing. This ain't it. And she said, I said, stop packing. This is not it. They got, this house is going to blow up. Seriously, this house is going to Something wrong with this house is going to blow up. Two days later, I'm outside and the contractor drives by and says, oh, you live there? He said, yeah. He said, that, that house has electrical problems. That house is going to blow up. If you cut on light here, a light comes on downstairs. Something's wrong. But it didn't do that in the beginning. It was only supposed to be a house that housed us while we saved up eight months worth. Oh, God, I'm telling y'all what I know. This is what a lot of us would have did. Eight months of no rent, shopping, here we come. Buy me a car, I'm doing it. No, no, we saved up. And we used, we used money to sow into the house of God. Because we realize if God can get us in a house for eight and a half months without paying nothing. And, 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 and we still take the money that we were going to pay and put it to the side like we're paying a mortgage. It not only is going to bless us, but it has to bless God's house. Because God didn't let this happen only for us. Say, say every blessing that I receive isn't only for me. Right, watch this. It, it says, watch this, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean out to your understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, he'll direct that path. Underline, direct your path. And we got to go. Jesus, I got to get out of here. Direct your path. Write that down or underline. It means to make your way of living smooth. We read this before and felt, and thought that to, when it says he'll direct your path, means God has got to show you which way to go. It means that, but it also means that God is going to make your way of living smooth. He's going to make your way of living upright, and he's going to make your way of living straight. This is what happens when you acknowledge God in all your ways. Every issue that would have been a hindrance to you moves and becomes from crooked to straight. This is what God does. He takes the headache out of everything you're about to do when you first acknowledge him. So he takes a headache out. You ever got up in something and regret it? Oh, God, why am I even dealing with these people? Why am I here? What am I doing? You ever regret something like that? But then have you ever prayed and the process was smooth? It was like, it's smooth. Maybe not. Y'all are like, huh? This is what happens. When you acknowledge God before time, God a lot of times will let you know the intent of people. He'll let you know what to look out for. You'll be on high alert. God will show you the outcome 
This is why most people, how many have ever experienced that? Okay, like, okay. So you're looking like, okay. Four of us. <laughs> Whenever you acknowledge God, see, this is, this is the thing. Don't let, I'm going to end with this. Don't, oh Lord, Elder, Elder you're going you to pick this up for me on Tuesday? All right. Don't, don't let, uh, don't let a rushed situation cause you to miss the voice of God. I've been in situations where it's like, come on, we need to answer right now. Anybody needs something right now and you don't have time to think about it, something's wrong, something is wrong, something is wrong somewhere. Because what they want is a consent from you so that you can't say, I can't do it. Beware. Come on, sign, sign, sign. Let's do this timeshare. Do this timeshare. No, wait, 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 wait. Nobody got some questions. No, they have time. We don't have time for it. Come on. No, 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 no. I never, I am always leery of people who don't give me enough time to ask the Holy Ghost. I got to feel right in my spirit about this before I say yes. It could be the best opportunity in the world. And this could really be something that's going to be a blessing for me and my family. But I don't know that unless I get acquainted with the power of God through the Holy Ghost first. And once I get acquainted with that power and I hear his voice continuously, he can tell me stuff quicker because I've been spending time with him praying and he'll show you stuff about situations of people. Um, before you even go and sit down with someone, the Holy Spirit will be like, this ain't even for you. This ain't even it. One time we was going, we was going to look at a house and, and we, well, we was going to meet with a realtor and we pulled up and I saw the realtor, I just said, er, uh, kept driving. <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time getting out and introducing myself. Exactly. I'll, I'll text you on the way home. Sorry, it wasn't for us. Right. The house was good, but the realtor, something was wrong. Discernment to help you do this. There is a power to get wealth. How many received something from that word today? There is, there's a power to get wealth that God wants to allow us to walk in. You cannot be a person who is confined by a bad situation. You hear what I said? Don't let a bad situation confine you. What, what do you mean, Bishop? I got 30 days to do this. Then the first, mo the first sign, when someone gives a time limit on something, the first thing we do is go right to panic mode. You got 30 days, be out of this house. You got 30 days, and an answer from you. 20 days, you, the job is no longer yours. And then we go, oh, fall apart. Their timeline is not your timeline. Say that. Their timeline is not my timeline. I operate, my time is in his hand. My time is in God's hand. So what I got to do is I got to get, I have to be, I have, not, watch this, this is what we do. We try to get connected to God when we hear the bad news or we get a, a deadline instead of already being connected to him because the answer can come quicker when you have been acquainted with him rather than now trying to learn him. Most people try to learn God when their backs up and door. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I need a tongue. And... You ain't spoken tongues since the first day you received the Holy Ghost. 20, 2011. On 9-11, you received the Holy Ghost because you were scared. You thought the world was gonna go down. You thought, now you ain't spoken tongues since then. Now today you're like, they got 30 days and you gotta you got this is what has to happen. You're like, oh Lord. Ain't time to try to get acquainted with him then. What, what is God after? He's after the daily relationship. The daily prayer time. 
I'm not saying to make a religion out of it, but what I'm saying is you got you to be intentional about building a relationship. Most Christians are not intentional about building a relationship. They're intentional about getting money. We're intentional about getting that money. Oh, don't, yes. you, I'm going to work. I mean, you got, a, you got 20 minutes of sleep. You're going to work. Some of, some of us in the world, we partied Friday night. No, we had to work on Saturday. You clubbed until the club, they, they kicked you out. I, we're mopping the floors, man. You can't dance some more. I, it's in me. It's in me. <laughs> Down the club Zanzibar in New York City. <laughs> Going. It's, it's just in my bones. I can't help it. I got it. You dance and grind all up against people until 5.30. No, you got to be up for work at 6.45. You went home, changed your clothes, and took a cat nap standing up. Okay. Went to work. With the red eyes. Visined up. Visined up. Visined up, right? Went to work halfway there. Watch this. But now that you're in a relationship with God, you got one, you had a bad night of sleep. And when it starts getting good around about 10 o'clock, you're like, God understands. You don't care about the relationship. So you forsake the, see, the assembling ain't just for you. The assembling is for other people. So before the word, someone sees you, they, there's a connection here. I see you smiling and it causes joy to come to me. We talk at the church. I'm telling you, I'm going through, you say, sis, be encouraged. God, let's pray. Father, bless my sister. She's going through, but God, we stand in agreement. It, there, is a, there are exchange, multiple exchanges taking place. Them, don't, don't, you, you'd be surprised how many people during our time of fellowship will hug each other and that's healing for them yes. multiple exchanges are taking place yes. and then we forsake the assembling for, and, and the day somebody needed you yep. you selfish yes. right. Yes. right right but then when you need God you wonder why he don't show up when you first call him Father, oh my God, I need help. They gave me 30 days. God will come at the 29th day. You're like, why are you coming? Why it take so long? Because it took you that long for him. You are reaping what you sown. Lift your hand and say, God has given me the power to get wealth. Now hear me. This is not for anybody else. This is for you. God today is unlocking within your belly. There's a power. There's an ability. It's not about what you know how to do, what you've done well. You can sew, you can cook, you can clean, you can encourage you, you write cards. It's not about that. God says, I'm going to put within you my ability that is going to enhance your ability. And this is what I'm giving you strength for. I'm going to strengthen you to get wealth. I'm going to give you tough skin. I'm going to cause you not to give up when you feel like giving up. This is what the power to get wealth is about. It's not just making money. It is the power to endure hard times. The power to give wealth is the power to endure through situations that most people would have given up and had a, a heart attack and lost their mind in. But God said, I'm going to put in you a strength to endure hard and difficult times. You're going to have to learn how to tap into that power by praying in the Holy Ghost. With your hands lifted, let's do this because I hear the Holy Ghost telling me to do it. Say, Holy Spirit, I repent for ignoring you in seasons 
where I should have acknowledged you and gleaned wisdom from you. As of this day, I will. Personally, I will. Say it, it's personal. Say, I will acknowledge you in all my ways. And I expect and look forward for you to direct my path. Now declare out of your mouth, life is about to get much easier for me and my family. Come on, declare it. Life is about to get much easier for me and my family. I know some of you are looking at deficits. You're looking at financial uh, uh, situations. But with, with every, every day that you open your eyes, you're going to have to tell the situation what you expect to see. Tell the situation. You tell low finance, I expect this to change. I command money to come into my bank accounts. I command money to come into my wallets. I speak that the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow. You're going to have to speak that and put the word with it. Every day. Stop saying what you can't afford. Stop saying how hard it is. You have power. You have power to get wealth. That means God has not only given you ability, he's given you strength to stand through what you say you can't stand through. And he's going to give you ingenuity with your hands up to the Father, we thank you. Open your mouth and pray. We thank you. We bless you. We honor you. Come on, we honor you. Come on, we honor you. We thank you, God, for your word. Your word will never fail. Your word will never fail us. Your word will never fail your people. And we give you praise for that today. Father, as we've heard your word, I pray that we hide that word within us so deep within our mind and our heart that the enemy can't come and steal it from us. That the enemy can't come and take it from us. Lord, we thank you that your word is going to produce such a harvest in our lives that the enemy won't, won't even know what to do with. We thank you. We're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I proclaim and prophesy over your people that we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We're going to see the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich and adds no sorrow. And God, we thank you that bills and deficits are going down. We and we, we pull on the Holy Ghost and we pull on the wisdom of the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost to teach us how to deal with deficits, teach us how to deal with finances, to teach us how to deal with seasons where we have deadlines in front of us. We will not give in to it. We will not give in to what the enemy is fighting our minds with. We will not give in to what the enemy is plaguing us with. We won't make rash decisions because we're, we're, we have a deficit and we're on a deadline. But God, we acknowledge you today. We ask for your help. Give us within our spirits to know you like never before. And we honor your name. And we bless you. And we thank you for your word. It will never pass away. It will never fade away. Now with your hands lifted, I want you just to worship God for one second for what he's about to do. Come on, open that mouth. Lord, I thank you for what you're about to do. And then tell him what you're expecting him to do. Lord, I thank you that you're going to help me to get out of this debt I'm in. Lord, I thank you that I'm going to become a, a bigger giver. I thank you that you're going to increase me more and more, me and my family. I thank you that you're going to make my way straight. Thank you that all of, the, all of the crookedness that's been in my finances is leaving. I thank you, God, for the wisdom of the Holy Ghost coming in to help my mind, to give me peace, to give me power and strength in this season. Come on. You got to tell God what you're expecting him to do in this season of your life. Come on. Come on. I expect a miracle. I expect to see finances change. I expect to see my family to live in overflow. I expect for things to move. I expect for where there has been a deficit. I expect for it to move out the way. I expect. 
Come on, tell them what you expect. Come on, lift that up just a little bit. Come on. It's a little too low. Come on, for what we expected God to do. God, I expect for things to change. God, I thank you for a mindset change. I thank you for a financial increase. Come on, we thank him. Come on, we open our mouth. We believe the Lord. We believe his word. Hallelujah. And we will access the power of the Holy Ghost on a daily basis. We will access the power of the Holy Ghost on a daily basis. Come on, open that mouth. Come on, you got 10 seconds. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, my Shanda Tabahai. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, Ramandre Basura Bariamandia Sikere.